Hello and welcome into this week's episode of the Recruiting Blitz. I am Greg Smith, senior recruiting analyst here at Inside Nebraska, and I'm joined once again, as always, by digital content extraordinaire Jansen Coburn. Jansen, how are you, man? Doing well, Greg. I hope I, I'm doing as well as you. I, I saw the Bears. Um, Bears <laughs> blew it again today. I'm sorry about that. So here's the thing. It's a glass half full kind of a situation like, yeah, they're the worst team in the league, the worst franchise in the league as well, all of the above. But as of right now, the Bears Greg's would a Bears have the, fan, by the way, for those of you. That yeah, know. yeah. I, the Bears would have the number one and number two pick because they're terrible and have, don't have a win. And they would have their own pick, which would be the first pick. And they own the Panthers first round pick and they're terrible um, and so they would have one and two right now at the season ended today there's a silver lining to everything caleb williams and marvin harrison come on down baby what's the silver lining for nebraska football well we'll get into that we will get into yeah. that i can give you one right off top they're only like what five games in so you got yeah. a long, you got a long <laughs> season um the silver lining is you don't have to play michigan again um which i guess is a good as good a place as any just to kind of just to kind of kick things off before we get into the topics obviously nebraska took a bad loss um over the weekend um to michigan and in, in a game that uh, we just kind of all knew from the beginning when you have that get a touchdown big man or big man interception off of a helmet you just knew then it just wasn't going to be there, David. We are not here to rehash the game. You can check out Rapid Recap also here yeah. on our, our YouTube channel if you want me and Zach Carpenter breaking that down. But let's get into some recruiting talk, Jansen. What do you got? Yeah, we knew Michigan had some freaky athletes. And so speaking of freaky athletes, we saw one Friday. We were back out on the road, went out to lovely Elgin, Nebraska. And I don't say that sarcastically. I oh, actually did think Elgin was a very <laughs> nice great. small town in Nebraska. Um, saw some eight man football. That was really interesting for me because mm-hmm. that was my first time seeing eight man. Uh, we saw Carter Nelson. So why don't you go first? Uh, what did you think of what you saw? Yeah, I mean, it, it was really interesting to see. First of all, you get there and he's it's just so much bigger than everybody, um, which always stands out first. But I guess that's the other thing is that I it's hard. It was hard for me to judge kind of off film and off of seeing him kind of on the sidelines at games and stuff like how big he was. He is much bigger in person than I thought he was when you see him like in pads and on the field, um, which is really good. Like, in, you know, where what his actual size is kind of varies. He's probably about six four, six five, two fifteen, two. 20 um, with more room to grow um, on that one. And so his size stands out to me first. And then you watch him play and it's really tough to get a great judge of like because of the competition but yeah. then you see him do stuff and you're like okay other kids uh, no matter what level you're seeing them at just aren't doing things like that. Um, the elite like just burst and in, in separation he can get the in separation where it comes from really a running route. See, we had a, a really nice, I think it was an out route that he ran um, that w- this was just picture perfect and made a catch on the sideline and then got up the field um, and would not be tackled, but ended up going out of bounds. Um, you saw the kind of the instincts and the ball skills when it was, especially saw that on yeah. defense um, on a couple of those plays that he made the one interception that he had that he just high pointed with the kid and then took it away from him and then coincidentally returned that for a touchdown. Um, um, you could did see that the twice or he high pointed the yeah. ball on defense. Yeah. Yeah. You could see the, you, so you could see all of the traits and I, and I told you while we were at the game, like it would make I'm really curious to see him in college when he just gets to focus on one position 
and continue to grow with that because what you forget is is that you know every school's basically recruiting as a, a hybrid kind of tight end and he doesn't really play that right <laughs> like he right. plays quarterback he plays some running back he plays some receiver he plays a lot of defense like he lines kicker. up kind of as a kicker and punter uh all of it right and so it's just interesting um but overall man he, he's a great great prospect a very worthy and deserving of all the accolades and the high ranking that he has here at rivals yeah he passed the eye test like you said he's very well put together physically he's mm. a big kid he's already got a good amount of muscle on his frame i'm sure mm. he's far from where he will end up once he's in college and yeah, you, you watch him and you see the athletic ability. And I honestly, I legitimately think he could play either side of the ball at a very high level in college. But, um, you know, with his ball skills, it's hard to say he shouldn't be a tight end. And you and I talked about how out of Nebraska is now four tight ends between Eric Ingerson, Ian Flint, Keelan Smith, and now Carter. Um, Carter is probably the most likely to stay at tight end. And I think... Mm-hmm just watching him high point the football even on defense you can see how that translates to playing tight end he's just he's super talented and I was impressed I don't know if you thought the same thing after watching that yeah I, I definitely did and he it's funny because I think that it's because Nebraska has been on such in the state has been on and I guess then over the border and council bluffs and Iowa have been on but I almost count Thomas but as an in-state guy um have been on such a role with tight ends and I've, I've seen now Carter Nelson um, Thomas Fedoni and then um, Ben Bramer the year last year um, Micah Riley Ducker um, what's the Caden Helms also at Oklahoma mm-hmm. now um, I, I saw all of those kids and Carter Nelson might be the best one at this stage that I've seen Fedoni was really good yeah, and that's like, saying was, something that's like it was really he was just time. so he was so good yeah and so but and, and I thought that Bramer was very good as well um, but man Carter Nelson the stuff that he was doing out there it is just so different um, than some of those other other guys got to factor in the competition again but at the same time like you some of that stuff you can't teach and I'll be fascinated to see him kind of as he goes down to an all-star game um I think he's, he'll be I think he's scheduled to play in the all-american game in San Antonio um and so I would love to see him down there against like kind of the elite competition in the rest of the country yeah and then one last thing I'll make sure we mention is the other amazing thing about seeing him uh play like that like as well as he did is it doesn't seem like he's going all out, like playing 100% effort. Mm-hmm. And part of that's just because he plays damn near every snap when he's right. playing kicker and playing defense and offense. So it's funny because you'll watch him on defense for a while and he's kind of he's kind of going through the motions. And I can understand defense isn't really his forte or he's it's not trying to be. But then when he wants to put in a little more effort he can make some freaky plays and it's like second nature so it's and that'll it's be really the, that'll impressive. be the thing that ha- it is very impressive but at the same time that'll have to be the adjustment right like that's the thing that we're going to hear um when he arrives in nebraska is hey like how's it going with just adjusting to the speed of the game right and having to be the effort that he shows on some of those wild plays having to do that every play um, will be really interesting to see him make that transition. I think it'll be fine, but it, he's, it, it will be an adjustment at, right away though. Yep. Agreed. All right. Um, they had another, I don't know, 40, 50 guys, however many it was on campus for the Michigan game. I feel bad that Nebraska had to, you know, bring that many guys. I think a <laughs> few of those guys were uh, on campus for the first time and, that was their taste of the game and obviously didn't go so well for Nebraska, but let's, 
Let's talk about them. Who are some names you confirmed once again and some observations? Yeah, I think that one of the things that that really stood out to me about this visit list, and I'll go through some of the the commits, is where I want to start. So, Jacory Barney, Kiwan Lacey, Willis McGahee the fourth, um, the aforementioned Carter Nelson, Daniel Kalen, um, Gibson or not Gibson Powell, Mario Buford, Donovan Jones, Ashton Murphy, um, what's the kid, Jake Jake Peters? Like a lot, of, like all of those kids were here. <laughs> I think there were there were fourteen or fifteen total. Caden Vermas, there were fourteen or fifteen total commits to Nebraska at this game. Maybe the most I've ever seen at any one game. Um, there was an Ohio State game a couple of years ago that I feel like had a bunch, but it wasn't this many. Um, that to me was interesting. So one of the things I've kind of talked to kids about and kind of, kind of going into even before they got here, kind of wanted to ask kids about why they wanted to do that. Um, and this class is very close. Like one of the things that I think will be a storyline as we move along through this year and there's going to be more ups and downs for the team and, you know, they're going to be scratching and clawing to get to a bowl game. And I think that that would be tremendous progress for Matt rule. They make that bowl game. This class is really hell bent on staying close knit and then, and spending a lot of time together. Right. It's something that we had heard about. Carter mentioned that didn't. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And that's one of the things that he mentioned, like some of the other guys have mentioned it too. Um, And so that's, that's something that I find very interesting is they're, they're trying to build that bond and they're trying to like envision themselves in this program and how they could then impact it by all just being there together. Then they enjoy spending time together. I think that's a big deal, um, especially when you have a really rocky game um, that they were all at. And then kind of the second layer to that, those guys that are committed coming in is those first three guys that I mentioned. And Kiwan Lacey, Ja'Cory Barney, and uh, Willis McGahee, I believe it was all of their first game days in Nebraska. Yep. Like they committed um, before getting to see what a game day was like here. And I, I spoke with Kiwan Lacey today um, and he said that, you know, it was a great game day visit. He loved the experience. He's He's got a great relationships with running back coach EJ Barthel. Um, and he's got a high level of trust in him and coach coach G as he calls him coach Garrett McGuire um and so and he said he's excited to help build this thing up and to get Nebraska back on the map so that's great you want to hear that um from your star running back commit because boy I get questions about him what feels like every day now um and about his status in the class and so that's good um to hear that but then as far as uncommitted guys you know Caleb Benning uh the 2024 recruit he was there um still kind of waiting on that decision which is what's supposed to be pending um Eric, oh, Eric Ingerson, the next, uh, the latest commit. I should have mentioned him. He was also in town as well. Um, but uh, one of the big, big names, and I'm still kind of reaching out as of right now as we're recording with him Jackson Cantwell the 2026 five-star offensive lineman from Missouri um, who his his mom is actually from Nebraska and he's got other family that still lives here and big Husker fans so that'll be one to follow like and I think his parents maybe went to Missouri or he's got Missouri ties too so that'll be fascinating to see um, but he I spotted him down on the sidelines watching the offensive line really closely he was down there with a the name a guy that we've mentioned a lot um, Kevin Williams um, in the recruiting department who, who's a former Husker himself um, he kind of was showing him and some of the other offensive linemen um, around down there uh, Andrew Babaloa the nice 2025 prospect out of Kansas 
Kansas um, that was also there. They were kind of all hanging out watching kind of Donovan Rayola and watching his group uh, during pregame. So yeah, it was a, it was a rough day um, on the yeah. field, but it is still always, I think that we can sometimes take for granted what it's like though, for those kids just to see that atmosphere. Right. And yep. to continue building the relationship with the coaching staff that they have good relationships with. And those guys are good recruiters. Um, and so maybe you get you get them back for a different game, hopefully uh, with a win. And Keewan Lacey, last point on this, Keewan Lacey actually mentioned to me uh, that he's hoping to get back, though, this season. Hopefully, if they get another night game, he said he'd like to see a night game in Memorial Stadium. Yeah, maybe for his sake, a cold weather game where they're running the football a lot and playing a style of ball. <laughs> yeah. well, well, it was a a tough game for them to showcase uh, their vision in the future mm -hmm. for those recruits seeing Lincoln for the first time. And it, like you mentioned, it was just a, it was a hot day. It was like 95 degrees. I was boiling down on the field. It was obviously hotter because of the turf, oh, yeah. but we mentioned there'd be a silver lining here talking about all mm -hmm. this and rule kind of uh, mentioned it himself. He said that recruits uh, see the opportunity in front of them. So uh, is that legitimate? And what opportunity do you think they're seeing? Yeah, you know, it's actually, as we, as you think about that, I think that opportunity is twofold, okay? So one thing that I know people will immediately think about in this discussion is playing time, right? Like, oh yeah, they watched the game and they looked at those guys and they said, man, I could go in there and play. That is true. I do think that that happens, though I don't think that that should long-term be the goal, right? You don't want that. You Eventually, you want whoever the next Kiwan Lacey is, whoever the next Ja'Cory Barney is to say, oh, I see Kiwan Lacey out there and I can be a part of that and I can be with that guy, learn from that guy, and then be just like him and star for the Huskers. That's what you eventually want. Um, <laughs> but right now, for now, where they are, yeah, the playing time thing is going to be a good, a good selling point, um, especially because Nebraska has shown in a lot of different spots – just not receiver yet, even though you saw Jalen Lloyd out there and he made a catch at the end of the game. They're trying to get him out there. You're seeing Nebraska play young guys at different spots, right? So they're not totally against doing it. So they can say, yeah, you, you've got a path to playing time, especially if you early enroll. And, and I want to note that Ja'Cory Barney, the talented wide receiver out of Florida, um, who is also one of those recruits you get asked about a lot, um, he is playing an early enroll. So he would be a guy that could come in and learn the offense early. And he's got a different, totally different skill set um, than some of the guys they have on their roster so you want to keep an eye out on that for him to early enroll um the other portion of this though outside of just the opportunity when when matt rule says the guys see what's in front of them is that even though the team didn't have a great chance in that game and fans did leave in the second half it was a good atmosphere before that, right? Like there were a yep. lot of fans there. People were cheering. They were ready to go. They were hoping for something to cheer for. If you come to any other game, if any of those kids have come to any other game, you see how full it gets during the pregame. You see fans stay and cheer the whole time. It's something that is actually mentioned to me on a consistent basis. And like, and I always make this note about us taking that for granted because we see it all the time. You don't see that everywhere, right? If you go down the I don't know, pick a school, Wisconsin even, or like a Purdue, especially, or something like that, you're not seeing, you know, a packed house for every game, like especially a non-conference game, and you're not seeing people stay. That even the takes end. their own coaches by surprise, like Rule and all those mm -hmm. guys will mention it in press conferences, how amazed they are that that's, there's that many people there before they're warming up. Right, right. And so those things, you know, and I think that those things are things that, you know, as, as us that see it as media and fans, too, that are they have been there for, you know, 20 years going to these games or more. 
that that stuff can get taken for granted. But to these kids, that stuff is new and it's awesome, right? And so that's part of the opportunity is that you're going to come play in front of a packed house. And then now you can also say, man, just wait till we actually get this thing rolling and think about what the atmosphere would be like, which is something that I think we all think about um, because it would be really fun. Um, and so, yeah, so there's plenty of different ways to kind of attack that. Um, but again, it, it's multi-pronged as far as what you can then sell to those recruits. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it's, you also can say, hey, listen, it, it it was bumpy for this game against the number two team in the country who is going to steamroll a lot of people um, on their way to another probably Big Ten championship, I think. We'll see what Ohio State yeah. has to say about that. Um, but Penn State, too. Rule, but yeah, and Penn State, they're really good now, especially if, if Drew Aller is good, but that's a whole different discussion than they'll actually because they've got guys on that defense. Um, but Matt Rule has a history of turning programs around, right? Like even with very bad first seasons, he's had a history of turning yeah. those programs around. Um, and I don't think Nebraska is going to be as bad this year. I've been saying this as Temple was in their first year or Baylor. I think it's going to get better. There's not another game on the schedule that Nebraska can't win, but there's not another game on the schedule that Nebraska can't lose. So it's going to well make said. for some real, it's going to make for some real interesting weeks. Um, the point spread came out for this game against Illinois. I think Illinois is a four point favorite at home, which yeah. is, you know, basically pick them. Cause that's what you get for home field. Um, I think the every spread the rest of the way will be similar to that one way or the other. So again, it's, it can make for, a much better feeling once we get to the end of the season and get past this one game against the number two team in the country. Yeah, man, I'm I'm with you on what you're saying about them seeing the opportunity as far as just their trajectory and how things usually tend to improve for Matt Rule. And he even talked about it in his post game mm -hmm. right after they lost to Michigan. Uh, he talked, I think it was Baylor. He was telling the story about how they had gotten blown out. I think it was Oklahoma State they lost yeah, to. And they State. said, you know what, we'll, we'll catch these guys. And whether it was the next year or two years down the road, they did improve and they beat a lot of the teams that were beating them early. So they've got a, a long way to go to catch Michigan, but yes. I think that's definitely something that they're pitching to those guys. And it, it does feel like while there's a lot of pessimism with the fan base, the coaches and the recruits seem to be very optimistic and um, see a bright future. So and on that note, the players do too. Yeah. honestly like if you think about like the players were upset yesterday in the post-game press conferences but they were like no we just got to go back to work and we have to get back to what we had been doing this was not i think isaac gifford's line was that's not the defense that we had been playing before and we need to get back to doing it so yeah so i think that they're optimistic about what's going to happen moving forward too you just gotta you had to get through this one it was they had to take some lumps yeah and as you said it, it should get easier from here like you said it there's not a game that they're guaranteed to win or lose so mm -hmm. Um, I think the hardest part of the season is behind them, even though the season tends to get harder the deeper you get into it and the right. more banged up you get. But yeah, man, that's uh, that's all I've got for you, Greg. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to add? No, that should be all. We mixed in some team talk. Hopefully we calm the waters a little bit. I know people are upset right now, um, but, but right now you're kind of in that messy. It's not even the messy middle. It's the messy beginning <laughs> of a rebuild. Like they I know get out like, of the Illinois game at 500 and go to that yep, bye week. To I think bye. everyone will be feeling much better. 
much much better but that is going to do it for us this week make sure you guys like this video subscribe to the youtube channel uh, so you can get these videos directly into your feed uh we'll be back next well we should be back next week after a road game it's gonna be a weird schedule i forgot about the friday night game friday so night lights schedule. baby nebraska. yeah friday night lights for nebraska in champagne on a sleepy friday night we'll see how that goes we will catch you guys later